You're listening to Noob Jitsu, the frequently recorded chronicles of the adventures of an overambitious 37-year-old as he attempts to learn the gentle art of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. My name is Rob, and I am a two-stripe white belt from the Admar Barbosa Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Northern Virginia. And today, Sunday, January the 10th, 2021. Happy New Year! This is my first uh, recording of the new year, and uh, subsequently the first episode of season two after that, uh, that brief intro. Um, today's also my dad's birthday. I'm going to have to give him a ring later. Wish him a happy, a happy birthday. But, uh, yeah, I hope your new year has started off well. And you probably can hear the roar of my engine. My, uh, my, my massive four cylinder Volkswagen engine, uh, ripping up the airwaves here. I'm trying to talk over it. I wanted to get a recording done today, but uh, I'm going to be heading to the grocery store momentarily. I just got done at the gym, and I'm going to be picking up some food, and I'm going to be cooking all day and hanging out and resting and relaxing because big things happen this weekend, and that's exactly what I want to talk about. But uh, at any rate, I hope your new year has started well, and I hope you're having uh, some good times, you know, watching, watching the developments of the year as they're beginning right off with a bang, but we're not going to get into that. That's not what kind of podcast this is. This is a chronicle for uh, my jujitsu journey. So really the only person who needs to hear these messages is me years later when I'm a, when I'm a three-stripe white belt at age 62 saying, man, what, uh, what was I thinking back then? Okay, well, here we go. So this week uh, marked the first real training week of 2021, and it also marked uh, getting close to one year since the day I set foot in the Admar Barbosa Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Northern Virginia uh, for an open mat with my friend Vince. Um, that would be a Saturday preceding January 27th, whatever date that was, so probably January 25th uh, of 2020 was the first day I set foot in there, and uh, so that marks a year since I started getting my about a year since I started getting my jiu-jitsu education. Uh, of course, I didn't have a year of contiguous training. I did have uh, from January 27th through about the near end of March where I cut off my training and gym visits and uh, isolated at home to try and avoid the first major wave of COVID in the United States. Uh, but hey, you know what? We're on like wave five now. So uh, who knows if that was even really, you know, more than just a, a, a kind of overcautious precaution for me. But hey, better safe than sorry, right? Uh, but anyway, I missed out on training through the end of March, all of April, all of May, and the beginning of June. And I returned in June, uh, where I've I've then gotten, you know, seven contiguous months of, of jiu-jitsu training. So we're coming up on a year total trained, but I'm just going to call it a year. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a year because, uh, you know, that, that first bit was great. I learned a lot. Then there was that break-off period, and then my real training started in June uh, that's when I really started progressing fast, but there were also stop, stop starts there too. People got hurt. Um, I had those, those big mental crises when a couple of my classmates were injured and, uh, you know, it, it, it's had its stop starts, but I can say, you know, I, I can say, yeah, I've been training jujitsu for a year now and, um, it's, uh, it's been extremely rewarding this, this journey. Uh, so on Monday I go in for my first class and marathon rolls of, 2021. And my instructor, uh, Masters One Roosterweight World Champion, Brown Belt, David Daniels, comes walking up to me and says, are you competing this weekend? 
And uh, he was referring to a grappling industries tournament being held in Frederick, Maryland at the Frederick Indoor Sports Complex. Um, he said, are you competing this weekend? I said, well, no. And uh, apparently pre-registration for this tournament was like October, November, December of last year. So, you know, you've got, you've got people who've been signed up for this thing for a while. And uh, he's, he's walking over and saying, hey, are you, uh, you going to this tournament? And I'm like, well, obviously not. It's Monday night and the tournament is Saturday, right? He says, you need to go to this tournament. Now, I've had classmates, I've had black belts at the school, uh, you know, uh, for example, instructor, uh, Andre, Andre uh, Hunko, um, Bellarico, as, as, as he's called in the school. He's come to me, he's purple belt, he's one, he's one of the main instructors, he's like the one who intros you, gives you your first lesson, uh, your one-on-one session when you want to start the school. He's like, man, you, gotta, you, you, need to, you need to compete, you need to go to your first tournament, just get it done and go have, go have your first tournament, get that experience. And uh, my friend Tarek, you know, black belt in the school, great guy, great teacher. He's telling me, hey, man, you need to compete. You know, that's how I talk to him. Hey, man, you got to compete. You need to go compete. And I'm just like, you know, I appreciate that, but I'm not ready, right? It's not ready on my timeline for when I feel, I guess, confident enough or comfortable enough with my beginning, middle, end game to go and compete because I don't want to look like an idiot and I don't want to just like roll over for somebody. Um, but when David Daniels, my, my main instructor, the guy who spent the most time with me in jiu-jitsu, and the rooster weight masters one brown belt world champion no less comes up to me and says you need to do this tournament it it bears more weight sorry to my my classmates and my other instructors who've said hey man it's great to just get out there and get your first comp done but when he says it when your when your primary teacher says it's time for you to compete there's something to that right he's not going to send you out there to look stupid so unless you just give up or, or like seize up or you're not at all ready for any kind of competition and your, your anxiety just crushes you, like maybe you're not okay with competing. But other than that, you know, he sees, he sees things that other people don't see and he's allowed to make those calls. So he said it, I listened and I signed up for a tournament. Uh, on top of that, I, I went ahead and got uh, Grappling Industries offers a, uh, a great deal if you contact them. I, think, I don't know how many they're doing, but they were still doing it when I contacted them, and uh, I was very happy about it. It's a lifetime registration, and it costs about as much as like uh, six tournaments or six or seven tournaments. So uh, they register brown and black belts for free, but I imagine I'll be training at the white, blue, and purple belt levels for the next several years. So, you know, factor in like three competitions a year maybe with, with grappling industries, uh, at a low ball estimate and, and you're talking 20 comps maybe with grappling industries before I ever get close to brown belt. So for that amount of money, like I could get this lifetime pass three times. So, uh, I thought it was a really good deal. I went ahead and got it. So now I can register for any other tournaments, uh, at any time without having to pay a registration fee. Cause I've already bought the lifetime pass, but I went ahead and registered for this tournament. Uh, and it was up in Frederick, so I got up Saturday. Uh, well, I trained Monday. I trained Monday night. I told David, you know, I'm, I'm just worried about, like, intros. Because I don't pull guard well. I don't retain my guard well on, on pull. You know, I can, if I can get to a guard, I can hold on to it and, and make waves from there. But I don't pull guard well. So I don't want to just, like, fall down and get past. Uh, so he worked takedown entries and opening strategies with us Monday, Thursday, Friday. It was, it was really good. Uh, very helpful, sharpening sharpening those skills. Um, so I went, trained, uh, rolled Monday night, trained Thursday at Nogi, 
and then trained Friday at class, but we were not allowed to roll if we were competing. So, you know, it was a, it was a good week of, of training. And then Saturday morning, got up, headed up to Frederick about an hour away. Uh, nice drive up, up 15 from where I live, up Highway 15. So uh, nice drive through the, the Northern Virginia countryside, winery and brewery country. Up into Maryland, really nice, you know, out-of-the-way spot in Maryland, out in the panhandle. And uh, then suddenly there's Frederick, this nice big uh, medium city with this great indoor sports complex. And uh, there's there's 10 mats all laid out and tables and announcers and uh, sponsor merch and all that crap and places to, you know, get, get ready to go. It was a very small arena. We were kind of cordoned off into the, the indoor soccer portion, like an AstroTurf area. It wasn't really a spectator arena. Um but that's cool, you know, compared to like Copa Nova, which is in a, in a, a larger sports complex or at least a, a larger allotment of space in the sports complex there at Northern Virginia Community College. You do have, you know, extensive bleachers and lots of places for people to watch from. But uh, this one was very small, very intimate, and uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was fun. The running of the tournament could have gone a little bit better. There were some, there were problems that a few of us ran into, like three of us ran into it, uh, actually, and I'm sure there were lots more from other schools, but at least three people from my school had it, where our gi bracket was not over because of delays on the mats. Uh, the gi bracket was not over by the time they started the no gi bracket. So two of, like, I, I dropped out of the no gi side of things. One of our guys continued to compete. He's a machine, absolute machine. This dude was like six or seven fights in the gi category and then like six or seven more fights in the no gi category and meddled in no gi i mean he just he's a machine very competitive bracket but uh he's a he's a true competitor uh very proud of him so anyway um yeah we get there we get set up we're watching people's matches uh my classmate betty purple belt won the women's absolute awesome job then she won her division awesome job uh my classmate mike won his blue belt division my classmate Nick won his blue belt division. I mean, we had, we had like some killer competitors on, on fire yesterday. And uh, I think there were about a dozen of us there competing and there were, um, oh yeah, show won his division. Uh, you know, just so three blue belt golds, I think, uh, two purple belt golds, um, some white belt silvers, a uh, blue belt bronze. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was, it was awesome. I think we, I think we ended up taking like five golds, uh, two silvers and a bronze or, or something like that. Our school ended up placing fourth overall for best academy by points. Uh, I was just, it was great, you know, but anyway, uh, in my division, I basically had a buy. One guy dropped out, uh, didn't, didn't show up for the gi bracket. So there were only, there were only three of us in my division. So it was, it was already metal city, but we each needed two fights because it's round robin. So, uh, the first fight was, uh, the guy who ended up taking gold, Britt Richardson, uh, sort of a submission hunter. This guy was like looking for chokes everywhere and he got them twice. He won both, both his matches by submission, choked us both. But, uh, the third place finisher, Isaiah Riley from down Stafford, uh, he traces it, uh, trains at Gracie Baja in, uh, Stafford. Great dude, like-minded individual, very positive attitude, very good energy. Uh, he and I have, have since been talking a little bit back and forth. I think he's, he may, uh, try and jump up to, to our area for an open mat sometime, but just, you know, just great energy. And those, that's what I like about jujitsu, powerlifting, strongman. You know, you've got the person who's not there to make friends. 
and we certainly did, but, uh, you know, we certainly had those, those people. You've got the people who are there to, to, uh, prove something to themselves or prove something to someone else. And then you've got the people who are there for, you know, for fairly, for love of, love of the sport, for putting themselves out there and trying to see, you know, who am I in this sport? Where am I in this ladder? And they just, you know, love a competition, love of the sport, love of the community, whatever. But I, I got to tell you, young athletes are the lifeblood of any competitive sport. And anybody who is a young athlete, anybody who's a beginner who wants to compete at any age, honestly, anybody who's a beginner, if you're a veteran and you discourage that person from competing, you're chopping the legs out from under your sport. Uh, and and I, I have never seen it in jiu-jitsu or powerlifting or uh, a strongman, but it's it's always just been so encouraging. I've seen it in other sports like soccer, football, wrestling, etc. But people people discourage new people. They discourage young competitors, and it it, it uh, you know they'll they'll tease them, they'll make fun of them, they'll criticize their skill level when they're just starting out, and it just cuts the legs out from under the sport. You're draining the blood that's that's going to be injected. You know, you're draining that lifeblood out that these new competitors bring and inject into your sport and just make it bigger and better. Uh, and you have to open the gate. You can't, you can't gatekeep on competition if you really want your sport to survive. So it's great to see people with those attitudes and that positive energy like, uh, you know, like Isaiah has, because that shows that no matter what age you are, like I'm a white belt, he's a white belt. We were competing in the white belt bracket, but it didn't like, there was nothing about it that was like, uh, you know, we're, we're somehow less or we're somehow lacking or we're somehow, um, out of our place or like in a, you know, in the wrong place because there's blue, purple, brown, and black belts competing here too. It was nothing like that. The white belt competition was just as important, uh, to the tournament organizers, to the spectators, to the coaches as the black belts. And that to me shows great, um, great respect for all competitors, who are entering this sport, at least through grappling industries. I, I can't say the same about IBJJF because I've never competed that yet. This this was my first, but for for what I saw, uh, grappling industries treats all their athletes with respect, and I really appreciated that because it made me feel welcome. Uh, it, it made me feel like, um, yeah, this is new. Yeah, this is kind of scary. Yeah, this is a lot to take in. It's overwhelming, but I'm where I'm supposed to be. So anyway, uh, just that note, that was really the win. That was really the great win of this was, was meeting more people with like-minded interests, positivity, and a love of the sport that are going to continue to build this community. Um, but anyway, down to the end, down to the brass tacks, my match, uh, was first against Isaiah Riley. And, uh, Isaiah is a very strong grip fighter and a very strong, um, like he, he really tries to control the tempo at the intro of the match. He'll pull you down. He'll break your posture, and uh, you know, unfortunately, he got a he got a warning point. Uh, he got a warning penalty in his first match with uh, with Britt because he jumped guard. But to see a man, and and I'm competing in the over thirty, you know, the masters, uh, thirty years and up, and the heaviest weight class over two hundred thirty pounds. But to see a guy who I estimate weighed about two sixty or more, um, very thick, you know, individual. He he wasn't like he wasn't fat. He wasn't jiggly. He was stout, like, you know, you're fighting a guy who is, who is about my height, maybe a little bit shorter, but, uh, square, you know, the man is square, shoulders square, hips square, torso square. And he was just stout, strong. Um, but you know, at any rate to see a man of his, of his build with the agility to jump guard cleanly 
too. But it's not allowed in white belt divisions because of the, the you know, the inexperience makes it much more likely that somebody's going to get their knee dislocated. But uh, anyway, he really does like to control the, the tempo at the intro of the match. And I could not get a takedown on him. I reached, I got a hold of the side of his leg for a single and it shook him off balance a little bit. And he ended up pulling me down as he tried to recover, but he was uh, sort of off balance, so he couldn't quite close his guard. Uh, and so with that, I fought off uh, his, his leg. I pinned, one, I pinned his left leg to the mat and uh, then started putting pressure on his, on his right leg with my, with my arm uh, as I came up. And then it was just a fight to get my arm free and to resist his legs and pass his guard, which I did. I got three points for the pass got him inside control and then try as I might I tried to get to mount he caught my leg immediately and trapped it that's that's really what I have to work on is the agility of my right leg the transition from side control to mount is a huge a huge impassable uh point of entry for me right now because I always get caught in in half guard so whatever it is I'm doing lazily moving my leg across or going too early or not controlling the top leg before I move my leg. So I need to get a grip on the, on the pants or get a grip on the hip or something um, and go from there. But my lesson from the match that I won was uh, get a better transition from side control to mount, uh, especially with my right leg. And, you know, I have hip problems with my right leg. I have uh, a weird sort of muscle expression with my right leg. So there's something, there's something going on with my right leg. Uh, I don't know if my pelvis is out of alignment, if my, my hip is out of alignment, whatever it is, uh, I'm going to need to, to correct it. But that leg doesn't move as well as the, as the left, but I don't really pass to the right. You know what I mean? I pass to the left, meaning my right leg is the one going for mount. Uh, if I pass to the right, my left leg would be. But I always play to my left, so I have to work on that transition. But I took a lesson from the match that I won, work on the transition from side control to mount, but I had pressure down on him. He kept successfully getting an underhook around uh, around me, but I had to keep fighting that off uh, all the while trying to hold down a very strong, uh, I think Marine, I believe he's a Marine, um, a very strong uh, uh, man around my same age and size and weight uh, while trying to push his leg down, walk my foot up, get my leg out of his half guard, and bring my knee across for a cut into three-quarter mount. And it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, I swear, for three and a half minutes. Uh, I ended up winning on points 3-0. Uh, all I got was the pass. But this guy was strong and a great. he was great, uh, keenly aware of where my leg was, what my arms were doing, and where he had points. Because he, he was like... He was trying to break free, and he would do this sequence where it was like, hug my head, fight off my, uh, fight off my grip on his shoulder, like around the back of his head, and then try and get his leg free. And so that was, I was having to counter that by uh, push his elbow up off of my head, readjust my grip on the back of his collar, and then start walking my foot back up to his butt to try and break out of his half guard into three-quarter mount. And it was just a, it was this, this battle. I was exhausted by the end of it. Uh, I had about five minutes to rest, and then my next match was up, the finals against uh, Britt Richardson, who um, he controlled the the start of the fight through the middle to the end. He had interior grips on me. I was trying to get a takedown, but what I should have been focusing on, and this is my big lesson for the loss, more important than any takedown or any guard pull, what I should have been focusing on was breaking his grips on my uh, on my lapel because he had in, inside grips 
So it didn't matter what I was going to do. My grips were to the outside, his were to the inside. I should have been fighting the grip fight rather than posturing for a takedown because he had the advantage clearly from, from the start. Uh, he pinned me down in side control. I was fighting. I was fighting. I could not get my leg in for half guard, so I need to work on that. I really have to work on the transition from bottom side control to half guard. Uh, and then when he came around uh, to my to my uh, uh, shoulders, like basically going for 50-50, I got up into turtle, which gave him an opportunity to just uh, grab quickly grab gi material, and he came around with, with a, uh, a clock choke. But, uh, you know, I tapped almost immediately. He jumped his clock choke. Like, instead of, with a clock choke, you usually walk around kind of slowly, keeping pressure on. He wrapped the gear around my neck and then jumped over me. So it was like like a hangman's noose, basically. But he did well. He, he, he won his match against Isaiah with a cross-collar choke from, uh, from top half guard. So he was like, he was a, a choke hunter. And um, yeah, I really just need to work on the things that I learned there work on pulling guard, work on retaining guard, work on, um, you know, less about the takedowns, more about the grip fight at the beginning, uh, and also more about getting out of that half guard trap, avoiding the half guard trap when I'm inside control, going to mount, and uh, also defending, uh, getting out of bottom side control back to half guard consistently. So lots and lots and lots and lots of things to work on. I woke up pretty exhausted today, sore in places I didn't expect to be sore. I really felt, you know, like I I, I gave it my best, and uh, I was very pleased with the, with the result. So silver medal in my first jiu-jitsu tournament. There will be many more to come, and uh, made a friend out of it. So, uh, you know, thanks to Grappling Industries. Big thanks to, to my school, to David, for talking me into it. And the, the coolest thing that I took away from all of this, this was the coolest thing. When the, when the fight started... I was present. I know, I remember everything that happened. I was present, which is extremely, that was, that, that's like gold medal for me. I was present because that's what I've been saying for the last several weeks. Be present, be alert, be uh, intentional and have control, have intent, have awareness, have control. And I did it. Um, it was absolutely gold medal performance for me uh, in my own mind because I did the things that, I, that I've been determined to do in my training. So I was very happy about that. But the coolest thing I took away from this was how easy it was. And this is compared to open mat and uh, marathon roll. When people yell instructions to me on the mat, I get frustrated because it's just so distracting. Uh, but in this tournament, I could clearly hear every instruction that Abmar was giving me from the sidelines. It was clear as a bell. His voice out of a thousand. I could hear it. Everything else was quiet. Uh, the blood pounded in my ears. I couldn't hear people cheering. I couldn't hear people yelling. I barely heard the official when he tapped us both on the, on the backs and said time. I barely heard that. Um, but I could hear Abmar clear as a bell in the, in, in the cacophony. And, uh, I thought that was pretty amazing. But anyway, that was my first tournament in the bag. That's a wrap. Um, great way to start the year off back to the gym tomorrow and and back to work lots of things to to improve on so my journey continues that's another milestone out of the way um and i'm ready for the next one so that's that i thank you for listening always i hope you're safe i hope you're healthy i hope you're well I hope you're successfully avoiding covid and i hope you're uh, able to train at least you know at the very least at home with videos and a dummy or a pillow uh, at the most in your gym with people being safe and practicing uh, all those safe practices to keep their schools from being shut down by, by a, an outbreak. 
as we get closer to vaccine rollout, I hope more of you are, are seeing the potential for coming back to training. And I hope uh, listening to this has given you any kind of indication of, of, you know, things you should be doing, like just at the very least being mindful. Why are you training? What are you trying to do? And uh, anyway, I thank you all for listening. Uh, I'm going to end it here and go to the store and get some food and uh, go home and cook. But uh, until the next time, I wish you all the very best. Happy training.